Hey, everybody, this is John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and those riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the classic Australian sitcom, Kath and Kim. Ooh, let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. (laughs) Hi, Johnny. How are you? Very good. All right. The end. (laughs) My life is so boring. I don't have uh, any reason for it to be good, but it's good because it's boring, I guess. Yes. Cherish that. Cherish that. Oh, I do. Yeah. Okay, good. That's the smart way to do it. Well, I have a couple things on my mind. I, this yeah, week. I could tell. Uh, go ahead. All right. Well, the first one is, as I've mentioned before, there is a guinea pig sanctuary in Salisbury, Massachusetts, yes. which is right over the border. It's <laughs> yes. beautiful, beautiful are... town. <laughs> is it? I'm sure it is. You don't yeah. know. Okay. I'm sure, I'm sure it is. Yes, I'm sure it is too. Yeah. Um, they are running into some problems via the government in oh, that right. they want, mm. yeah, they want them to have, you know, a top notch this and that, a quarantine room with hot and cold running water and um, just, just a, a, you know, it, it was just a person that was having, having this sanctuary if you will and she now has the senator's ear who is helping her oh the senator oh no is this a state senator yeah oh okay you know you're pulling a little uh angela from the office remember how she was uh going with that state senator she always referred to him as the senator (laughs) The senator, yeah. yes. I thought well, Elizabeth right, Warren yeah. was uh, getting into this guinea pig okay. sanctuary crisis. No, no. This is in Massachusetts. But you're right. It's not the, It's not like the people that go to Washington, I believe. Anyway, I'm doing a great disservice here to this wonderful, this wonderful woman that's really trying to pull it all together and, and not until yesterday having met with much success. So anyway, she has now revealed that they have taken in a large quantity of guinea pigs that were being sold as males in a major chain pet store. Yeah. And they are in fact pregnant females. Ah, jeez. Yeah, they don't check them too good, do they? No. You know, I mean, no. Whether they have the ability or knowledge yeah. to do that, but oh man! Um, so she is having an influx of them, and the state would like her not to have many adult guinea pigs. So she's asking people to come, please, and adopt the babies. So that she can focus on the the surrenders and such, and I really have given this so much time and thought, and I really do think it's time for me to go down and maybe get two little girls or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any more uh, ammunition with 
the other adult <laughs> member of my household. Uh, I see. And I just, I see. I, I, I am needing some artillery for that. I see. Wow. So you're to open with the heartbreaking story about the guinea pigs was a real. Uh, this was a very calculated uh, segment on the podcast because I'm moved by the the callousness of the corporate uh, pet store and the campaign here. <clears throat> you want to play your part. You want two girls. Well, I have two grumpy old. <laughs> you have men, two grumpy so. old boy guinea pigs. And what is, uh, hypothetically speaking, what would be the objection to additional guinea pigs? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's just a knee jerk no or. Uh, I'm not. Well, sure. there is a history here, right? I'm not looking to go any further than this. I really am not. But I would. I did make a donation on Giving Tuesday, um, but she, she needs, needs people. She yeah. needs guinea pigs out of yeah. there. So. I got it. Um, well, like I said, they're like at one point we. What was our high point of guinea pigs? Thirteen, fourteen. Fourteen sounds right. I think it might have nudged above. They even that a couple times, but yeah, mid-teens, I, that's probably what a person doesn't want. Nor do I, because, you know, I have to change their cages. And Here's a key question you know, for me. Did you say only two when you got the two guinea pigs that you already have? Did you say only well, two, that's it? I'm sure I did. I'm sure too. Well, I didn't expect this sort of situation to come up. I didn't even know there were such things as guinea pig rescues until I found one that I started following that was in England, which is, was perfectly safe. And then I found out there's this one. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I'm not going to get in the middle of this, that's for sure. So knowing that um, this podcast has a wide listener base and you never know who could be listening, I'm not stepping into the middle of this, but I certainly am sympathetic to your cause. And I bet that, oh, the holiday spirit can inspire even the greatest Scrooge. That's a confidential verdict on that okay. one, Okay. Okay, All right, and if anybody, anybody has any suggestions, <laughs> you know, the thing is, I've given money, but she needs a different kind of help. I, yes. Right. We, you, you, we okay. are on the record acknowledging that. Yeah, we, we okay. all get it. Yep. Okay. And I do now, have the ability. All right. In, well, I, in the interest of that, we do have a lot of listeners, so why don't can you give out the? Is there some legal reason not to do this, or can you give out the details of the place so maybe somebody in the Salisbury area is listening and wants a couple of guinea pigs for Christmas? Well, it is just called the Guinea Pig Sanctuary. Okay. It is in Salisbury, Massachusetts, yeah. right over the border from Portsmouth, like the steak, New Hampshire. Yep. Yeah, like the steak. <laughs> Ew, have you ever had that? I never have. Uh, it's not really steak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's all I know about it. 
Okay. Okay. It looks it looks like it's very well run. I mean, and you know, let's face it, this is not dogs and cats. This is guinea pigs. They're not for everyone, although I don't know why not. Um, and, you know, they're guinea pigs. They're just little buckets of love, little lumps of love. Uh, yeah, well, expound on that a little more for people who aren't familiar with a guinea pig. Like, say someone well, pic- is picturing a hamster right now. Tell them how they're wrong. Right. Well, this is much more meaty. <laughs> And That's and uh, a little more responsive. Yeah. And they're very they're very amusing. They're they're <laughs> kind of silly and they're very amusing, very cuddly. If you get them when they're young, and that's your desire, they will be very cuddly. And they can even be um, uh, what is that word? Not not comfort pets, but um, um, yeah. Well, they can be comforting. I know what you're talking about, um, but like mental support animals or whatever. Is that what you're getting at? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But I can't think of the right word. They're a good companion. Um, That's the We don't need the technical yes, term for it. They, They're a good they little companion. They definitely are. Yeah. You know, they whistle and yeah. uh, they, know when it's, they know when it's treat time. Um, oh, boy. They'll they just, keep you in line. Yeah. That's right. That's it is, right. And it's good to get two of them because they interact. Um Yes. Two friends, like two from the same litter or whatever. Right. Um, but right. if you can't do that, one is also a pleasure. That's right. All right. So that's what I recommend. Now, good luck in your quest. And we've done all we can for the guinea pigs uh, for this moment. I think so you we can have. feel good about that. All right. Now, on to your next complaint. You told me before we started that these are all negative in some fashion. Yes, a little bit. Um, now I will tell you about going to the grocery store. I went to the grocery store yesterday. I went to the co-op because, you know, they, because I really like the mm-hmm. co-op. And, and if he, this is like a Whole Foodsy type uh, store uh, for people, you know, nobody knows what the co-op okay. is. But I would describe it as a little upscale, right? Not super fancy, but a little upscale. Uh, yeah. You know, lots of local. Um, yeah vegetables when they're in season lots of local meats mm-hmm. um some some more high level cheese and and then the regular stuff that you want mm-hmm. however um i went yesterday and wow the shelves are just to me very surprisingly bare yeah so that doesn't surprise you no. Well, I am surprised. I try to go to the grocery store as infrequently as I can. And I was very surprised to get the next to last box of cornflakes, um, the the Christmas stuff, the, you know, the Christmas candies and stuff. All the crappy flavors are left and none of the <laughs> there's like no regular Hershey Kisses. They're all like cherry cordial or some just, you know, the mint ones. There's no, (laughs) it's just weird. There's just weird. Yeah. Well, part of it is actual supply chain issues. And part of it, of course, not that you can really separate it out, but 
Part of it is people hearing on the news that there's supply chain issues, so buying 10 bags of Hershey Kisses instead of one. Well. Um, and it all just sort of snowballs. Yeah. But things are genuinely unavailable and cereal. You know, you had the Kellogg strike. Um, there's just all sorts of things going on that, yeah, I'm never shocked by bare shelves anymore. Really? Well, I really was. Plus, when I went three weeks ago, I think it was three weeks ago, and I got stuff like little things that I would usually put in your stockings. But mm. when I got home, you know, because I got one for everybody. And then when I got home, I said, oh, that those look good. Uh, I might try to get a package of that for myself. Everything that I got that I thought I might like to try, that was all gone. Huh. So I know they are the best flavors because they're gone. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's the market at work and it's consumer psychology. Crazy. So I had a full cart when I got to the checkout and it was it was full. You know, I Yeah. I, you I were got, doing your part to empty those shelves. Right. Well I hadn't been in a couple of weeks, so Of course. So I get in line and I start unpacking and this guy comes up behind me. And he says, now, this is what he really said, so I'm going to say it. But he gets behind me, and I'm unpacking, and he says, Jesus Christ. <laughs> thought, what? Yeah. And, to you? Well, towards me. You know, you know About the stuff in your cart? Yeah. I guess. Or, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, okay. yeah, I get it. All right. And I turned around because yeah, you think something's going on. And I look at him, and he's just staring straight ahead, just straight ahead, like right through me or right past me. And I just thought, you know, what, what is going on? I... I felt very disoriented and then almost yeah. started to have a panic attack because it was just so odd. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I would be. I So I got all sweaty and, you know, I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack, but I started to get all sweaty and and like nervous. And the phone rang and it was Merrick because he was up um, having a doctor appointment at Dartmouth while I shopped at the co-op. And so uh, I, your, your phone rang. Is that my phone? Rang. Is that what you, yeah. Okay. Got it. Yep. Just making sure. And so then I could just focus on, Oh, I think Merrick's ready. Yeah. For just focus on that. Just get out of here. But it's a little scary given the times that we live in and the stories that you hear. And we, we all, I think have sometimes, maybe in these sections, different sections of the United States that we live in, have a false sense of security when something very tragic can happen anywhere at any time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um... And obviously, this was nothing. I don't know what this, this man didn't say anything else to me. Um. And so I have no idea what that whole thing was all about. 
Well, it's not nothing. It's upsetting. I would be upset. I mean, I think I, I would have um, confronted him as a dumb man, um, but I, I also would be upset about it for quite a while afterward. I can say that for sure. Okay. Um, so, it's not nothing. Um, well, it was nothing yeah, I knew how to handle. It was nothing. Yeah, well, when I say I would have responded, I'm not saying I would have, um, you know, I would always avoid a fight. I know that because, you know, I had a, a upsetting run-in of my own. Yeah, um, yeah. I understand exactly how you felt. Uh, and because the bounds of decency had been broken for no reason. Not you that know, I could understand. <sighs> It's funny that these things happen to both of us in line, um, <laughs> waiting. Yeah, yes. Um, and with uh, the person behind us. That's right. It was your person behind you, yeah. Yeah, there's... <sighs> it's like being made to wait for someone else. Just puts um, some men, I guess I could say some people, but... I'm going to say some men in a state that they just can't handle. And they're dealing with a thousand other stresses, I'm sure. But when someone decides, I'm not going to be civil anymore, it's an implicit challenge to you when you didn't want any part of it, right? Like you weren't doing anything to this guy. And he just comes up and says, the rules of civility are out the window for me. What say you? And, you know, the looking away is so cowardly, but it's it's a part and parcel of the thing. So it's not nothing. I don't think you're off base at all to feel the way that you did or do about it. I totally sympathize. But okay, I'm not going to say I won't shouldn't say but what I want to add is I think the thing to keep in perspective and I don't mean beat yourself up at all for the way you feel, but it can be helpful to keep in perspective that. Most people are decent, and you don't notice the yes. 99.9%, and those people are with you. Um, but uh, it's it's just an add-on. It's not a but to invalidate any of yes. what you're right. feeling. You know that, right? Because right? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, is, is he dismayed by how much stuff I have in my cart? Why didn't he pick another line? Is he just looking for a fight? Is he just generally fed up with the whole day? Yeah. Um, and I, I, there's no answers to any of that. And uh, I certainly wasn't going to engage him. Um, no, but he suddenly made it your responsibility to have to figure all that out, right? Like suddenly it's your job to yes. gauge what yeah. on earth is going on with this guy. It was it's... weird. It was just very weird. And uh, I'm not doing well again out in public. Um, unless it's like at the local drugstore, um, I'm, I just don't want to be in a crowd. I just, I don't understand. Been there. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. I understand totally. So I didn't go to a store for, and this was at a different time granted, but people were going to stores. People were going, this happened to me (laughs) in a store, but after I had that run in at the uh, computer store. I couldn't go to a big store like yeah. that for months. Yeah. No way. Yeah, because um, you just don't want to do it again. 
you don't want to do it again. Uh, you can't put it any more straight than that. Absolutely. Yeah. But you will, um, uh, and you know that. Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. I do know that. But the curiosity in me wants to know. Hey, what's going on? What's what's what was that? What was that? It, but not enough to say anything. Absolutely, yeah. You you want to know what the deal was, so it makes sense. But anyway, let's all be kind to everybody and damn uh, straight. Move on to guinea pigs and to our fellow shoppers. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I have this. I just do want to mention this too. Go. Wikipedia. Make people make jokes about it. It's not accurate. It's you know, all these things, but it certainly is the place to go for a little nugget of just something to scratch your itch of curiosity. Yep. Sure. And, and now they are just inundating us with messages of give money. <laughs> we need I money. Thought, People scroll when I, us. When I wrote Wikipedia in my notes, I had a feeling this is what the topic was going to be. Well, yeah. And I'll tell you, I don't really understand who Wikipedia is, um, yeah. nor do I care, but i that's where I go for a little hit of information. <laughs> Mostly my information I'm looking for is the people that I'm watching on these old game shows, are they dead or alive still? <laughs> uh, and that's all I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, I don't really <laughs> Absolutely. Wanna, I don't want to pay for it because... Your information from what I read is sometimes not correct. Uh, so uh, I don't feel obliged to give you some money. So who is Wikipedia and why do they need my money? Well, Wikipedia, you know, is a it's it's anyone in theory in practice. It's uh it's a there's people who really are dedicated to contributing to and editing Wikipedia. And it's interesting how the Wikipedias in different countries acquire these different characters, uh, sort of because their communities, uh, some work better than others, it seems. But it's it's globally distributed and it's volunteers. And then there's this Wikimedia Foundation, which I guess sort of, you know, keeps the lights on, right, runs the infrastructure, um, and I don't know, really know what they do. I should, because I have given money to them, but um, there's this nonprofit organization at the center of it all that organizes it, and that's who's asking for money to keep the lights on for Wikipedia. Um, I don't know is my answer to about 70% of your question. Okay. <laughs> Despite all that blather. <laughs> I don't really enough. know. Yeah. yeah. I give them money because I use it so much, and I figure you should help pay for and help support things you use so much, but I am not terribly informed. But what about the stuff that they say that it isn't accurate? Now, you know what? You can look up my dad on Wikipedia even I could go in and just put stuff up on there. That's true. Um, you're not supposed to do that if you if you have if you are the person or if you're related to the person. Like you're not supposed to do that, but people do it all the time, of course. Well, I didn't know that. Um, every every piece of information is supposed to be sourced. Um, 
that's one of the key ideas. Like there's no original research, they call it, um, allowed. So you can't just go on there and write anything. You have to have everything reference some credible outside source. And what's credible, of course, is up for argument, but that's uh, where the debate takes place. Uh, and that's the base. That's a key editorial basis of the encyclopedia. So what you're saying, what if something's wrong? Well, you know, that's bad, but at least there's a reference where you can check it. Or if there's no reference, you can say this should be deleted because there's no evidence for it. That's sort of what keeps it honest, you know, and you, yeah, there's inaccuracies in it, but I think that there's, I think it's accurate enough, which uh, in my experience is highly accurate that, um, you can get by. That's my take on it. All right. All right. But like, I wonder who put up my, my dad's Wikipedia page. Well, you can view the history. You can view every version of the uh, article itself going back to the, its beginning. I can see that, uh, let's see, the article first existed in June 2010. Um, it was created by user TrackInfo, who has a lot of edits on here, maybe someone who's dedicated Oh, yeah. This person has made more than 100,000 contributions to Wikipedia, and it seems like they're dedicated to um, uh, documenting the history of track, among other things, on Wikipedia. So there you have it. All the information is in there. Um, You know, it's just usernames, but this person has an extensive track record, no pun intended. Um, So... (laughs) That's why Boo, uh, your dad, uh, has an entry on Wikipedia because of this person. So there's a there's a person making a difference in the world, right? They making a difference in terms of documenting this part of our history that right. they think is important, right? And you were directly affected by that. So, do you think I should make a contribution to them? After this conversation, I feel like we both should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we just sort of un- unpacked there what is uh, great about Wikipedia despite its purported flaws. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Wow. It's been a tumultuous uh, post Thanksgiving for you, hasn't it? Well, Emotional. It's been, yeah. Yeah. It is. And the other, the other thing that is, is sort of irritating me is that I have had an implant put in, excuse me, an implant put in, and my screw keeps coming out, so I have to go back to see the oral surgeon every two weeks. Oh, man. Did it come out again? It's been out three times now. Oh, Mom. And you can't screw it in yourself, and they say that the way that you talk unscrews it. Oh, my God. So maybe I should. Are just, you serious? That's what they say. The way you talk, because your tongue, it it's usually the left bottom side that unscrews when you talk. And their solution is you just keep going back and they screw it in again. Yes, because it has it, it requires a special uh, screwdriver type thing to screw it in. They use, yeah, but I'm, are you going to do this forever? No, I'll have the I'll have the real tooth put on top eventually. 
Oh, okay, okay. I mean, not to diminish the current misery you're in, but... Uh. Doesn't hurt anyway. Oh, thank God for that. But they used to make it so that the screw, like you could put it back in with your yourself with a, a Phillips head screwdriver, except that they found that people strip the... the oh yeah, strip the screw base that it oh. screws into so they would have to start all over again oh lord so. what a barbaric practice dentistry is. oh tell me <laughs> you know when you go they always they they always want to talk about oh we've got the latest technology and they love all the cutting edge stuff but then it just plain hurts in a very caveman way <laughs> I want to see some technology for teeth cleaning. My God, you could put your dentures in a machine that cleans them. Why can't they just have something that you bite into and bloopity bloop, all the all the everything is gone off your teeth? I mean, that seems very doable. Can't somebody make that? I just hate going to the dentist and having my teeth scraped. I hate it. I know, I know. I know. We talk about it too much. I, I think know. we've chased away all the dentists in our listenership. Okay, but I'm sorry. Ho hopefully we've gained people who hate going to the dentist, which is everyone. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's have some fun, shall we? All let's talk right. about Kath and Kim. Kath and Kim is a single-camera sitcom that originally ran from 2002 to 2007 on Australian TV and maintains its popularity in that country to this day. The show follows the suburban life of middle-aged mom Kath, played by Jane Turner, who has the energy of a woman half her age, and Kath's adult daughter Kim, played by Gina Riley, who has the maturity of a woman half her age. The two of them spar using a unique vocabulary laced with accidental wordplay and malapropisms. Rounding out the cast are Kath's dedicated fiancé and eventual husband, Kel, Kim's good-for-nothing husband, Brett, and Kim's beleaguered best friend, Sharon, a sports fan who can't catch a break. Here's a clip. Brett really adores you, you know. He does, Kim. And I think Brett's a real find. I mean, he earns a very good salary. You call that a good salary? I want to be effluent, Mum. Effluent. You are effluent, Kim. I mean, look at everything you've got. You've got a high Hyundai to hightail it round in, a half share in a home unit, a DVD player, a mobile. I mean, what else is there? It's not enough. I deserve more. Oh, Kim. Look, I've read all the self-help books and mm. Brett is in his cave right now and you're pulling his rubber bands far too tight. I mean, it's men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Yeah, and you're talking from Uranus. I'll be in the shower. See, Kim? You turn him off with your foul mouth. Kel doesn't like ladies talking dirty unless it's me. Kel, doll. Oh, poor Kimmy. Sharon. You're my second best friend. Help me. All right. Kim, you listen to Sharon. All right, now I've been in 29 netball premierships. I've played indoor cricket in four states and I've shot put it at a national level. Now, I think I know what I'm talking about, all right? And the sooner you realise that all men are bastards and develop an interest in sport, the happier you'll be. Kath and Kim is available on Netflix. Mom, is this show better than a bowl of footy wieners? I don't think I got to that episode yet. But no. Um, I, yeah, go ahead. That's it, a season two. 
it is it is just a delightful oh, a good. delightful uh, vision of a mother and a daughter and that's right i don't know who's more dysfunctional but they're hilarious they're just so well meaning and i i just love the show i love the show i love especially sharon Sharon is the downtrodden friend to Kim. Yeah, Sharon's oh, amazing. There's not too many characters. We we laugh no. every time we watch this. It's just it's so uncomplicated and simple and funny. Just yeah, delightful. Well, the wordplay I think is ingenious. Um, one of the you know, it can be a little hard with the Australian accent yeah. for us Americans to catch every word, but you can catch enough of the wordplay. Um, you know, Kath and Kim, it's, it's stuff like, instead of specifically, they always say specifically or whatever, <laughs> but the, the malapropisms that come out of their mouths um, with such confidence, uh, too. Oh, Did you yeah. see the... No, you wouldn't have seen that. So what did you watch? We started at the beginning. We've seen, I think, four episodes so far. And we can't wait to to snuggle up and watch it every night. Yeah, yeah. It is that kind of show. Um, it's a show based... <laughs> I mean, Kim is so nasty, and yet the show is really <laughs> based in such warmth... I love the choice of uh, Kel, her fiancé in the first season, yeah. and her husband. Like, the joke with him is just his total devotion um, <laughs> to Kat, right? Like, he is, and the, he never wavers. He plays it totally straight 100% of the time. He's just totally devoted to this lady. Not, I mean, not cartoonishly, I, I want to say, like, just very matter-of-factly. And, I think uh, he's a very sincere doofus. Sincere. It's great. That's great. Sincere doofus. Yeah. Sausage maker obsessed with yes. sausage. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. He's making a special sausage for the wedding. And it's, it's one, of, the, one oh, of them was right. like awful and pineapple or something. It was. Oh, it just sounds. I terrible. forgot. Yeah. I, I worked so hard <laughs> on the wedding sausage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anna and I watched this a number of years ago. I forget if it was on Netflix before or, um, uh, but we tore through it. Um, it's, you're right. It's simple. And the people are, um, the people are very straightforward, but yes. just endless, endlessly amusing. I guess their total lack of guile, um, is part of what makes them so funny. They're not quite stupid. They just no. are, you know, they live very matter-of-fact and yet unhinged lives. At the same time, yes. At the same time, <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, um, um, Kath is the daughter, right? Kim is the daughter. Kim is the daughter. Well, she comes home. She's left her husband. And now she's reverted to acting like a 14-year-old. Yeah. And her and her mother is just sort of dealing with her like, oh, she's a married woman. Um, 
she should go home to her husband. But at the same time, she can stay here and act like she's 14 years old, which I find yeah. very comforting. I would I would love to have a little 14-year-old laying on the couch and eating <laughs> cookie dips or whatever they're called. And, uh, sure. Who wouldn't love to do that? I'll or, take it. Yeah. Yeah, not forever, just for a little respite, and uh, you know, it makes me think, hey, that would be a that would be a great uh, hotel to have. The uh, crashing on some uh, Australian suburbanites couch hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring me a grilled cheese. Yeah, I love that idea. I I really do. But anyway, that's sort of the the and then the misadventures that they have <laughs> because now. Um, Kim thinks she's just going to go off dating and but at the same time I think she really wants her marriage back yeah yeah um, she inertia is her preference at all times oh, so yeah that's perfect that's perfect yeah. that's Kim um, I um, I rewatched a bunch of episodes for this sort of by accident. I thought I was in season one and watched a couple season two episodes um, and then went back and watched some early ones that uh, that you would have seen. I watched one in the second season where um, they intend to go on a honeymoon and then there's like an air traffic controller strike when they get to the <laughs> airport. Um, this is uh, Kath and Kel, by the way. Um they intend to have a honeymoon. They just have their honeymoon at the airport and are totally content. They go shopping and they sneak into the luxury, uh, you know, high roller lounge and um, they have their entire honeymoon at the airport. And um, it's just a perfect uh, venue. I guess what amazes me is from a simple setup like that, they can get seemingly like a hundred two second jokes like the funny moments and jokes come fast one really? after another but the show doesn't you know it's not of an aggressive in your face show right. it's just um very quick very light on its feet and um always hitting you um like a second before you realize the joke is hitting i guess i want to yes. say because the writing is so tight that's a good description that's a very good description and that episode sounds just hilarious to me you yeah know? you'll love it yeah. and th and that's it um oh well we can't go on our honeymoon let's make the best of this <laughs> if we yeah. could live life like that how glorious would that be <laughs> um and then sharon you know they have a they have a ton of running gags and you don't always realize they're running gags at first, but um, one of the gags I appreciate most is Sharon <laughs> is just injured or mangled or otherwise. <laughs> um, like one episode she had like hickeys all over her face, just seemingly like blistering hickeys from a long makeout session the night before. And in every episode, there's something She's broken in some way. <laughs> the first one, she has a big eye patch over her eye. And, right. oh, patch, Lord. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, it's just enough of of everything uh, combined to make a perfect recipe. It's, it's just fun. It's just fun. And there's not a lot of that um, that's done this well on TV all the time. Mm. So 
this is something to really partake of. Uh, we should give a tip of the cap to Pop Mom listener Allison F. Yes, who wrote who- in and recommended this. Well done, Allison. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, you have some fun ahead of you. So what is your grade for Kath and Kim, Mom? Boy, um, I'm telling you, I think it's a real A+. I do. It's just sheer entertainment. Good. A+. plus. Nice. Uh, does it... Um, I forgot to ask this. Does it remind you at all of your relationship with your daughter? Only in that I would love to have her come back and lay on my couch and I could make <laughs> That's her That's what I thought Jesus. of. Yeah. When you, when you said that. Yeah. Because at times you have had that. Yes. Um, that she's been yeah. in the area and I do enjoy that very much. All right. Uh, what is your recommendation this week, Ma? I have a, a memoir called House of Sticks by Lee Tran. And she uh, is a Vietnam refugee that came with her, that came with her parents from Vietnam to Queens. And she talks about how, how the difficulty is, is that her parents have certain values coming from Vietnam and they are very desperate to uh, make a way for themselves, but with little means to do so. And so mm. they, they turn their uh, apartment sort of into a, a little sweatshop where they make uh, cummerbunds and some other little thing like that. And the children are involved. They put together the fabrics to be sewn and um, they're all part of it. And how that dries up, and then they move on to something else. But here's a here's a girl that is rather young when she arrives here, so she is really trying to balance her Vietnamese family values with the mm. values of uh, other American girls her own age. Yeah. Are so, you? Have you finished it? It sounds fascinating. Yes, I have about ten pages left to go. Uh, and so it is very interesting that to see that struggle, that uh, pulling in a lot of directions, um, and how it how it forms you. You know, your yeah, yeah. Good recommendation, Ma. That is House of Sticks by Lee Tran. That's L Y. And then T-R-A-N is the last name. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking it up on Amazon as we speak, or at your local bookseller, or I'm sh- wagging my finger even <laughs> harder now, your local library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Support your local institutions. That's right. Uh, or just go on Amazon. Do what you need to do. Um, before we sign off, Mom, I have had uh, your father, uh, Boo Morcom's Wikipedia page open here, and I happened to glance over and see uh, on the last line, it says, Morcom was a member of Mensa International. <laughs> now, that's, that's just something he said, right? Yes. It isn't true uh, at all. So there you go. We found a we found the great and the not so great of Wikipedia on the same page. That's uh, right. Yeah. Boo always used to say, Oh, the Mensa Mind, the Mensa Mind. But it was only because of his insistence that he could pass the Mensa right. test. He just didn't want to pay the money. 
Because <laughs> then he might have to stop saying Mensa Mind all the time. Yeah. Oh, that, that's hilarious. Amazing. Morcom was a member of Mensa International. Oh, he would be so happy that that lie lived Thrilled. On. Thrilled. It's, I'm not going to fix it. I'm leaving it. Okay. Uh, all right. That'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. Uh, although my sheet is blank here. Uh, what should we talk about next week? Oh, Mom? I have something. I have something. Oh. Yeah. Let's talk about something interesting. Oh, you always save me. Thanks for listening. <laughs> if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. And we love to get email. It's popmom at ological.net. That inbox was responsible for this, this week's review, in fact. Talk to us about anything. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.